traditional tabletop and live-action role-playing games through the lens of horror. A special thank you to Patreon for helping make this podcast possible. Settle in, Thin Bloods. Grab a drink in your favorite set of dice and let the darkness consume you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Gehenna Gaming interview. Today, I'm happy to have James Hutt, uh, game designer at Our Telsorian Games with me, um, co-developer for Cyberpunk Red, as well as The Witcher TTRPG. Um, Cyberpunk Red recently launched through DriveThruRPG and on the Altor Talsorian shop and has quickly climbed up to a mithril bestseller over on DriveThru. Um, so first off, congratulations on that. And secondly, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, how yeah, are you? Um, <laughs> you can also get it. Uh, yeah. Also, if you're, if you're looking to get it with the PDF and you go down to your friendly local game store, you can get it with the, uh, bits and mortar program. Excellent. That's a that's a cool way to do that, especially you know, given everything that's going on. Yes, it is. How are you? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm doing great, man. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm you know it's it's 2020, so I am okay, <laughs> but um, otherwise doing pretty well. Uh, it, congrats on the very successful launch so far. I've only heard glowing reviews about the game. Uh, how how has it been on your end? It's been great. It's been great to see the fan reaction to it. Um, you know, it's uh, nothing is more fun than looking at the Reddit in the morning. <laughs> at least for me. We have a, we have an internal joke that everything just dies on Reddit, but as long as it Reddit oh, is have, giving you good great, reviews, we got a good Reddit. We've got a good Reddit. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. So uh, we obviously, happy. we are happy. <laughs> it, it, as long as Reddit is happy, I think that's all that matters right now. Um, so obviously we're here to talk about Cyberpunk Red, but um, I, I want to give our viewers a little bit more of a background on you, um, what your background in gaming is, and kind of how that's brought you into working with Alt- Artelsorian and um, working on this book. So how how did you get into TTRPGs originally? Okay, so um, the first TTRPG uh, I played was... Um... 3.5 D&D uh, back in the day. Uh, I believe I was in middle school. Uh, and uh, I really liked it. And in high school, I, uh, I started a D&D club uh, in my boarding school. We were the only uh, club allowed to stay up after uh, lights out, which is a big thing in a boarding school. Uh, and it was because we played with the physics teacher. And uh, what makes this even nerdier is that the physics teacher was not the GM. He was just a player. That's amazing. He's like, nah, nah, you, you, you run the game. <laughs> I didn't run it. I didn't run it. Nice. But uh, um, it was, that was a great time. Um, and uh, in college, I got to play a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. start thinking maybe I want to do this for a living. Of course, I'm hedging and stuff. I, so I get a, um, a BA in uh, economics. Mm-hmm. But I'm focusing on like microeconomics to study a lot of about game theory. Do my thesis on uh, game theory present on historical pirate ships in Port Royal, 
how they were solving the inefficiencies of the uh, Spanish colonization. Okay. Yeah, they they had uh, they had like you want to get like a sewing machine like they haven't delivered in three years uh, <laughs> from uh, Spain, and you're so used to those because you came from Spain. Maybe you'd start trading with smugglers. Makes sense. I probably would. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they said they'd come every two years, and uh, they haven't come to deliver you anything in three or four. They, yeah, you definitely. They tell you that this is something they actually did. They said, have a bunch of food stockpiled for us when we show up, and it would just rot in storerooms, and you were starving. Oof. Maybe you'd take that food and trade it for more sewing machines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, so how has that influenced your game yeah, that, development? That jumped, that jumped into some really specific stuff, really quickly. Uh, but of course, uh, I got out in 2016. Mm. Uh, recession, bad time to do that. But you know, no choice. Yep. Uh, um, and uh, I started an indie company, make indie video games, mm -hmm. and I'm working on a zine with an awesome guy named Eugene Fasano. Uh, is, he's at Arcana Games right now. Go check him out. Oh, yep. uh, and uh, that gets us in Dragon Magazine. And that's sort of the thing that lets me actually go get work in the industry. Yeah. You know, once you get your first thing, then you can actually go talk. Yeah. Uh, totally. Versus like, hey, I have a cool, if you're one of the people that goes around, hey, I have a cool idea, you're going to endure a lot. No. Yeah. Uh, to get there. Uh, anyway, so that was the Strahd Growth Camel's Back. And uh, while I was shopping around, um, a board game version of one of my mo the mobile games mm -hmm. I worked on, Triangulate. Um, awesome game, big heart, did not do very well. Uh, I meet uh, Mike Pondsmith, and uh, I uh, we hit it off, and uh, he likes he likes the game I put out. And then I engender a situation to meet him uh, in a week, and I work on a prototype I know he'll love in that week furiously, and he wants to buy it. And uh, that's the start of my business relationship with Artal. And since I've gotten them to bring me on full time, oof, it's been so good. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah. And my first product with them is, um, is um, first I start on Witcher, yep. and then we start making the Jumpstart kit. Yep. And I hop on that too. Awesome. Very cool. So uh, that's the short version. That's really that actually was much shorter than that's been in the past. <laughs> the truncated version. Um, but that's a that's a oh, pretty also, busy history and throughout the industry. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't want to, you know, focus myself on one thing because it might not happen. Right. You know, Makes not sense. everybody who wants to be an astronaut gets to be an astronaut. Right. That's sort of how I felt about it, because I've been playing games my whole life. man. Mm -hmm. It's been what I want to do. It's just how. Yep. Yep. It's been the thing for me. Um, speaking of, through all the games you've played, what are what are some of your favorite game systems to oh, play what, in as uh, well as run as a are, GM? Can you, oh, you mean you mean TTRPG? Yeah, TTRPG. Sorry. Okay, I was like, wow, all of games. This all of all of gaming. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, just like specifically Mario race. I did really like uh, Lego Racers on the PC back in the day, but I don't know if that's my favorite. Uh, any, anyway, um, I would, if I could cheat and say, other than Cyberpunk yeah. Red, uh, the answer is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Nice, okay, yeah. 
been a big D&D fan, of course, since the jump. Yep. And uh, 5th edition is the finest edition of Dungeons and Dragons since 3.5. I think that's pretty... I mean, you could Google that. I, I think other people agree. <laughs> other people tend to agree. I'm actually a big 4th edition fan myself. Hey, hey, but I'm, I also I'm like all about learning. I'm all about learning from the past. And 5th edition is proof that you can learn from the past. Absolutely. It's cleaned up so much of the rules and made it so much uh, reduce the barrier to entry for Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's a great game. I've actually only played it a couple times. Um, who has time to play Dungeons and Dragons when there are so many other games to play? It's true. It's true. Uh, I have time because I work full time in the <laughs> industry, but uh, I imagine other people do not. It's true. Uh, my day job is not in the industry, sadly. So, um. Just a little bit more background on yourself. Um, can you, any interesting experiences or um, really highlights from games you've run or played in, and uh, kind of a follow up to that? How has that influenced you as a game developer? Oh, um, wow, that's a that's a big question. Um, so I. I'd have to say it's um, getting out of school and getting to run a um, a very long term campaign mm. first time. You know that's not constrained by like he's going to graduate in a year, <laughs> yeah, uh, et cetera. You know, I'm nobody's moving around all the time. Um, like when you're in school, the games tend to have shorter campaign lengths, even. Mm -hmm. But when you get out of school, you can finally experience. The, uh, the nirvana of playing the same campaign for longer than a year, uh, which is, uh, it's crazy. It's changed my, uh, changed my view on um, pacing, I oh, think. Yeah. Um, in, uh, in Cyberpunk Red, we really care about time. Yep. The cost of your time, the value of your time, and most of that might, have, might be my economics to be leaking through. Uh, uh, but I think that that's a, that's a, that's the feature of like, how long does it take me to do this? And what does that matter if I spend mm. my time doing that? Yep. Uh, making down in, in a perfect world, you'd be able to play a game that was both crunchy without being too simulationist yep. and where downtime mattered as much as adventure time. You know, shout out Cartoon Network. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but um, you could have that with out the I can't understand this rule book heads or tails yeah um, you know ideally uh, in cyberpunk red you could use the rule book to uh, defend yourself uh, I'm I want to see somebody shoot it with a gun <laughs> it, is, if it would stop it's what, a thick book. what I need to know which bullets it will stop uh, I need somebody to, to use it as a as a, um, a bludgeoning weapon yeah, just you know, strap not it to against a, pole. a living thing. I want to see a ballistics gel. Yeah, we have to call MythBusters. Yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Get it on testing. <laughs> Love that. Well, it, it's how many pages is the book? Uh, I'm blanking. I had more than four hundred. Yeah, four hundred. Four hundred fifty. Four hundred fifty some. 456. I feel like that would probably stop a 9mm. 
who knows? <laughs> we can find out. It's got a, we got a hard, it's a hard cover. So anyway, someone will test it for us. Someone will test it for us. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So, um, obviously, like I mentioned, great launch week, um, and all of that, but cyberpunk red is also a return to a very beloved system. Obviously there's a video game also coming out. Yes. Related yeah, it's to coming it. Coming out. Uh, there's even going to be an anime. I'm freaked out. Wait, there's an anime? This I didn't hear that. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Oh no, no, no! Look it up. Look it up. That's awesome. I can't talk about 77 much. Yeah, no, but, obviously. Uh, but they've definitely announced they're working on an anime. They have a, they have stills. It's, it looks so good. That's awesome. Very cool. I, so, um, what game. was it? <laughs> what was it like uh, bringing Cyberpunk hurt. back uh, to the masses and kind of bringing it back to life with this new edition? Um, so. It was really cool. Um, of course, it's it's an amazing experience. It's been an amazing ride. Mm-hmm. It's not over, um, and uh, I'm having a great time on uh, on the roller coaster cool. right now. I would rate it five stars. Uh, I, I'd say mechanically, what it's like is um, it's a lot of streamlining. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are beloved rules. They have fans. Yep. Um, it's streamlining with an eye toward we're not going to change the game. We're going to change the way you play that game to modernize how you play, not what you play. Nice. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's important. Keep the soul. It, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of mysticism. Good. <laughs> you have to keep the soul. <laughs> you have to keep the soul of the game intact. Um, not necromancy. It never died. Uh, actually, um, I was going to talk about this later, but to that point then, um, obviously keeping the core concept of the game intact and re- making refreshing it a little bit was important. Mm-hmm. What were kind of the things that you were able to cut away from the older editions of the game and see, like, we don't need these, this, this, we can improve on this and do better. Um, and then adversely, what? What are the things that you were like, nope, this is staying the exact same. We're not changing a thing about it because it's perfect the way it is or fans will get upset if we remove it. So um, so a lot of what we did wasn't like we cut this entirely. Mm-hmm. It's let's bake this idea into another system that's easier to understand. Like, uh, for example, uh, we removed weapon accuracy from weapons, but we didn't. Uh, okay. Instead, we made a system that was easier to understand than weapon accuracy and did not create a lot of additive math. That's when you, that's my, I don't know if it's my term or I just say, I know what you time. mean. <laughs> it's whenever you have to add a number onto the end of a die roll. Yeah. Um, if you're doing that, then boy, howdy, are you a solo? Uh, I made that all those ideas part of the solo class. Um, which of course they're roles, yeah. not classes. Uh, the idea, and um, I think uh, players nowadays in, in 2020 we had really um, sort of uh, like GM focused. Like, here are the powers this player has. Like, look at uh, Rocket Boy from 2020. Uh, Rocket Boy in 2020, you have all of these fans, but how does that impact the game? Uh, People are a lot. Are, people want to know how it impacts the rules, mm-hmm. so they don't have to like fill in the gaps all the time. Because, uh, I mean, at least for me as a game designer, I want the GM to have to fill in 
the gaps that are important for them to have to fill in and focus on filling in those gaps, like the story, the characters. Um, anything I can do to enable them to do that better, uh, to take their mind off of this, that, and the other ruling that they might have to make, uh, I think that's good game design. Um, there was a lot of doing that, um, not so much removing stuff. The other thing is this is just the core book. Yep. So a lot of stuff we have to save to splat because it's already <laughs> 450 something pages, you know? Yep. Like you still have to be able to carry the thing. Uh, we were starting to get to the point where, uh, you know, it, you could lift those a couple of times and uh, increase your body step. Yeah, we don't need another. Uh, what's the World Athletic of Darkness skill. book? There's a World of Darkness book that, like, if you open it wrong, you break the spine on it because it's so thick. It's one of the 20th anniversary one. I think it's the werewolf one, maybe the mage one. I can't remember. Whoa. Yeah. Great. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, bringing forward that was that. So, what we removed, uh, we might have. Uh, a lot of what we did is reinterpreting, mm -hmm. not removal. Yep. Uh, sort of all of the, so for all of the, like, uh, we present a more streamlined weapon system, but we also provide these weapon attachments yep. so that you can recreate the previous weapons with all of their different cool goodies. And now those goodies actually change the gun. Excellent. Instead of, like, lower the reliability of the weapon by one in one roll you make sometimes. Okay. You know, yep. Uh, we we moved toward like a streamlined crunch. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, what yeah, but it's still crunchy. Don't, don't get me wrong. There are range tables. Mm -hmm. uh, shooting an assault rifle at a certain range is going to be different than shooting shotgun at a range. Different right. than shooting a pistol, as it as it should be. Indeed, indeed. And uh, range tables were core to the experience, so we had to move through them. We had to get that there. <laughs> we had to. Anyway, that's that's my answer. I don't yeah. know. What, what, was that good enough? They do it. All answers are good in their own way. Uh, okay. what, would you say that's like the biggest change you had to make was kind of like streamlining some of those rules, or was there anything else that was like a major so, shift? I I'd say if there was one thing that we had to reinvent, um, it was net running. Mm -hmm. I think that was the hardest thing I did in the book was redoing was uh, reinventing net running. So it had the what? So the 2020 version it took a long time on the table, mm -hmm. um, and it incentivized net runners to be uh, like a home in a freezer that was armored, so they couldn't be hurt. Okay. During the process, um, now net runners have to be in the thick of it. They have to be like within six meters of a. Okay control node that they're trying to hit um, an access point yep. uh, and um, it's a bit more streamlined but there's also a lot of choice uh, in how you tackle it uh, it's a risk versus reward do I go really fast and dangerous or do I take it step by step which might not be incentivized I mean you might be in a combat where no you need that turret to shut down now so you need to go get down into that turret in the system really quick, which might cause you to do some dangerous shit. Cool. Anyway. No, that's awesome. Um, that's the... Uh, that would be the big one. Nice. I think. That, that'll be... That's the other stuff, like turning the wound concept 
turning hits into hit points. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't a big uh, that wasn't a big challenge. That was just reverse engineering math. Um, and uh, the critical injuries are cool and new, but I'm sure you'll ask me a question that lets me talk about critical injuries later. I probably will. Um, what do you uh, think? Other than kind of just like the core concept of the game, what are some of the mechanical things that we kept identical, like didn't touch at all? The range tables. Yeah. The range tables are core to the idea of having different guns shoot differently mm-hmm. and uh, using the right tool for the right job. And um, and additionally, the melee system being, um, and if you can dodge bullets, the range system, the ranged systems uh, being opposed roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're opposing an antagonist, you both roll. And it, just that one little thing, I'm really stuck on this concept, but... Um, <laughs> But just that one thing that the GM is rolling at the same time you're rolling, you feel like you're attacking them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's so impersonal to roll against AC. It is. It, can, it definitely can be. Um, it's, it's like, what am I even doing? But, uh, but if the other guy is, uh, is trying to dodge your machete, you start feeling like, oh, I might actually be hitting the machete now, huh? Um, yeah, so I think that's another big system that was really core to the experience um life path oh my god life path we had to keep all of that the feelings of life path we changed mm-hmm. how life path works a little bit but it's still um it's still similar you no longer roll per year now you roll in a table you go through mm-hmm. you previously you did that too you just also rolled per year yep uh, but it increased a little bit that had a little bit too much variance um, plus, you could. There was additional problems of like you could roll that a mob boss is your friend this year, and the next year a mob boss is your friend, and then and the mob boss is also another mob boss is your friend, and um, and then maybe if you're making a character not on the table, you might fudge that a little bit so that you know suddenly you're everybody's best buddy, and uh, you have three different karate. Uh, tutors, and they're all grandmasters in their craft. <laughs> You're the chosen one. Yep. Um, so, but what we did was we kept the soul of it, moved it forward, um, and I think life is something that people will read, be like, wow, okay, let's do this for every game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I, can, I can say I definitely appreciate that approach to character building. Um kind of the, the concept of here's how you build your character, like the game helping you build a backstory instead of being like build stats on a page and then come up with a story and then half your players don't and the other half write 17 page backstories. Um, having right. that guidance through in the book is very important, I think for modern yeah, games. It's death, death, definitely. Um, I feel like just rolling one, if you, even if you're planning on coming up with a character concept, mm-hmm entirely of your own like we have roll or pick for a lot of them yep. like you can choose so you're still in control of what your background is at the end of the day but we give you the option to roll it and that's a very seductive option to play with a really cool toy in front of you um and that creates people who like show up to a character i've had people show up to session zero with a character idea but don't understand how it goes forward mm-hmm. how it makes sense and then somehow through rolling life path they're like i get it it makes sense now Awesome. Very cool. 
you know, it helps them even if they can't, even if you bring something into it, it can still help you. That's fantastic. I think that's something every game should strive to have as part of its core. Um, jumping a little bit deeper into the mechanics, give us actually, uh, with, especially with regard to character creation, give us like, um, a bit of an overview of how the mechanics for cyberpunk work, um, for anyone who's not familiar with cyberpunk red already. Okay. Um, I guess I'll start like really far zoomed back. Yeah. Uh, this is a system where we only use 10 sided dice and six sided dice. Okay. Primarily we rolled a 10 sided die for um, deciding uh, skill stuff and um, basically skill checks and uh, some roll abilities required as well. Um, and the six-sided dice are for when we need a big curve. Mm-hmm. Um, most often this is used for damage. Um, it's also used to give the critical injury table a little bit of a curve, uh, but um, I will get into that when you ask me the question about stories on table uh, <laughs> later. Um, I'm saving that one because it's such a good answer. Ha! <laughs> um, but, uh, so it's D10. The D10 does everything a D20 does in a D20 system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the six-sided dice in different amounts uh, stand in for every other die that you might be used to. Okay. Um, so we like to have our damage on a curve, and we like to have a higher amount of um, a lower amount of options on our main die. Um, tens explode, so you can roll it again and add to that previous roll. Yep. And the ones implode. I don't know the opposite term of exploding die, uh, where you add it, where you roll it again, and then you minus that number from your one. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like that. So this this adds back in the variance, uh, but it uh, it keeps the math down. Yeah, yeah. Which I doubled down on in the edition uh, by pressing all of the other math down. So now it's much easier to add together, and uh, it's a little bit more sane. Nice. Uh, to the point where you're not rolling eleven dice. Yeah, yeah. For damage, and then adding them all together. Mm-hmm. When it, you know, it's not Shadowrun. <laughs> we don't need to roll a mountain of d6s every time we do something. Um. Anyway, how, uh, that's the general yeah uh, thing. And then everybody gets a roll ability, which yep. is a cool, uh, unique thing their character can do because of their job. Um, and um, you get to build whatever character you want, uh, based on a ten stat system, and we have like 60 skills. Many of them will not be important to you. But if you want to play an accountant, we have an accounting skill. Perfect. Some people do. If you are a STEM major, congratulations. You can play that. You can play yourself in game and be, and you'll know what to roll when you publish a paper. That's all I'm saying. Nice. What do you do? You feel how do you feel that the, the way the mechanics are crafted for Cyberpunk Red bring about the like cyberpunk themes of the game? Mm, I I think the the key to this is uh, so this is Cyberpunk Red. This is a, a 
it's after this lore event called the time in the red mm-hmm. uh, where the sky was red after the bomb yep. in night city um did i say spoilers yeah it's fine can you have spoilers for a trpg scenario setting wise no not really specifical specific adventure content but (laughs) um, i don't think there's spoilers for setting you're good you're good okay okay fair fair well if you if you care about that spoilers um but uh time of the red happens and um it becomes really hard to get new things Mm. and the supply lines of the uh before the time of the red are not achievable in the same way Okay. And uh, you start having to rely on nomads to get you stuff. Oh, kind of like the, the uh, pirates. Even if you have the money. <laughs> kind of <Yeah>. like pirates. And... <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Um, not related, though. That was Mike. <laughs> uh, I merely used that to then inform the, the economics behind the system. Uh, anyway, so the system has like, you've got like five price categories, okay. uh, one of which you really can't afford. And one of it you really aren't trying to buy. Um, you know, if you want to buy a candy bar, yes, we have a price category for that. Um, but if you want to buy a yacht, you know, you're probably not also the same person who wants to buy the candy bar. Right. You probably already have the candy bar. You're the person um, selling the candy you bar. So many of them, <laughs> you know, you just like the you wake up and you look at them in the morning. Um, <laughs> why is that funny? Um, anyway, uh, so different levels. So if you're um, because we don't have like really granular prices, like two hundred and twenty two dollars. Yep. Instead, we have a hundred, five hundred, one thousand. This means that if I have a cool assault rifle that costs thousand dollars, euro bucks, we call them. Mm-hmm. And you have a cool piece of cyberware that costs a thousand euro bucks. Then maybe we don't eat. We can skip the creds. I'll just trade you. There you go. So that's a way to create easy to play, easy to GM barter economy. And that's kind of what we're going for. Um, adding to that, if you're not a fixer, um, you can't a- access anything that's more expensive than $100. Interesting. Which means if you want to get a shotgun, you're buying a poor quality. Hmm. If you want to get an assault rifle and you don't have a fixer and you don't have a tech who can make one, uh, you're stuck at a poor quality assault rifle. Um, if you want to get it, you have to go to a night market and the night markets are, might not have it after the GM generates them. Gotcha. Um, or they might have something else and you're like, I don't have an assault rifle, but that's a nice SMG. Um, or, you know, it might not have any guns at all. It might have armor. Uh, basically, if you don't have access, you can't spend your money. You need money and access. Right. And a certain level, or certain classes can use time and access at a lower level and money to get the things you want. And uh, this goes back to what I was saying about the um, the economics of time. Mm-hmm. Um, downtime really matters in Cyberpunk Red, um, and uh, honestly, it has a lot to do with the narrative as well. Because in Cyberpunk Red, you have to pay rent um, at the end of the month. So spending a month to upgrade your car is like, can you afford that? Nice. Maybe you do need to work for a living. That might be a little too real world, real world for uh, some games. So, so yeah, but I know you're like GMing this. How am I going to do this? Oh, I have to keep track of all this stuff. But no, 
there's only one thing you have to keep track of, and it's the combined cost of lifestyle, which mm. combines food and, hey, I want to go to the movies every Friday. Um, okay. And uh, all that extra stuff, like what quality of food you eat. Can you go to a bar every once in a while? And the rule is, if you at the end of the, at the beginning of the month you say, "I want to live a really cheap lifestyle," but then you do end up going to that nice bar, then you need to pay for each drink out of pocket. Um. Anyway, that's the that's the whole lifestyle rule. Okay. And then you just attach the rent cost, and that's on the first of the month. Okay. All right. That's it. Straightforward enough. Anyway. <laughs> and there are reasons and there are reasons to you know yeah uh it, we give we have rules for crashing at your friend's place um an apartment can sleep uh comfortably which is an important rule because if you're <laughs> uncomfortable the next day you aren't going to feel so good yeah um and having that negative on everything really sucks uh, then again if you can put up with it Maybe you'll be able to get a whole lot of money that month. Yep. Makes sense. Anyway. Cool. Um, so that sort of feeling of feeling like, oh, I do need to pay for this. Mm -hmm. Oh, everything is for sale. Oh, I can't access the higher ends of technology because I don't know. I don't have the in. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm a fixer, but I'm not that good of a fixer. I can't get you a Malorian. Maybe we should go steal one. That's a very cyberpunk idea. Yeah, I like that. And it might make you feel like, like it's 2020. <laughs> I, hope, I don't want to feel like it's 2020. <laughs> no, I, I like that. That's pretty months cool. Left. Yeah, only 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 a month and a half less than. Um, anyway, no, that's that's cool though. That that is a very uh, cyberpunk esque sense of like corrupt capitalism and. Um, kind of the struggle to survive in a society like that, where like it's very easy for some people and very difficult for others. What do you think? Um, for... oh, oh, my favorite part. Yes. Well, if I, you're that's an my exec, <laughs> sorry, my favorite part. If you're an exec, you don't have to pay rent. Of course you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. Uh, um, I believe it says you don't have to pay or you can play an exec and you won't have to pay rent because you're better than other people. Uh, and this, of course, means if you have a friend, he, they might say, can I sleep on your couch? <laughs> and then you get to decide if you say no or not. Uh, speaking of, what, what do you think, um, as a developer on the book, uh, you're kind of most proud of? Within? Oh, um, I'm really... I'm really... Uh, I, I guess I'm a masochist. I, I really like solving like the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And for me, uh, net running was the hardest part to get right. Nice. So I'm very proud of the net running. Awesome. Um, and I also am very proud uh, that I was able to use my degree uh, <laughs> in the in the economics section. I, I'm really proud of that as well. And then there's uh, I designed the Continental Brands Corp. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm very, it was so cool to see that all come together. Yeah. The whole new corpse section is great. Uh, and uh, that, that had a lot of, everybody like brought something in and it made this really 
beautiful piece of collaborative art. Awesome. Anyway, well, it's a little sappy. You know, I don't want to hear about the beautiful creativity of teams. Um, You you know what I mean? But you feel that you do. You got to bring it put it out into the world. You do. It's 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 an important aspect of, you know, building a game is, you know, the collaborative nature of working with other teams. I can't everyone else. I can't see the chat, but I I, I bet it's it's funny. (laughs) So uh, I think this is the question you were asking for. Um, and I'm very excited uh, to hear your answer for it. But so, with Cyberpunk Red and specifically mechanically, but overall, overarchingly, what types of stories do you feel like people are going to be telling with this game? So I think the story of uh, just so that beginning of 2077, mm-hmm. that narrative they tell in the trailers, where mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be, uh, we're going to, we're going to make it. Yep. Um, that's a story you're going to be telling in Cyberpunk Red cool. uh, with the economic section. Um, and uh, I think another story you're going to be telling is that one time I went to the hospital. Um, <laughs> so whenever you roll damage in Cyberpunk Red, mm-hmm. if it's weapon damage, so this doesn't count for netrunners that take damage directly into their brain and don't get to use armor, when it's directly in their brain. Then, um, but if you roll boxcars, which is two sixes anywhere on the dice, just a pair of sixes, even one pair will do it. Mm-hmm. Two pairs doesn't give you two of them. Okay. But if you get even one pair, uh, then you cause a critical wound. Yep. Even if all of the damage was soaked by armor. Okay. And you get five bonus damage. Uh, but you also get to roll on the critical injury table based on if you aim for their body or their head. Um, and this is weighted toward foreign object, which is part of the bullet is still in there. Okay. Um, but it can also have such lovely cyberpunk stories as sever arm, nice. sever leg. Uh, we don't have sever head um, because <laughs> instant death doesn't make any stories it's remember that one time i died because the dm put a vorpal sword in the game um <laughs> if that's happened to anyone you know i'm sorry um <laughs> we apologize for the potential ptsd yeah sorry sorry man um but um anyway um but you get to then go replace that with cyberware. You get to be the character that remember when my hand got blown off mm-hmm. when I was driving that big rig or something uh, full of stolen stuff, and we started getting sniped from a from a uh, from a helicopter, and then it hit me in the hand. So I had to drive with one hand. My other hand is totally blown up, and then I got that's how I have a cyber hand. <laughs> awesome. I think that story is inherently cyberpunk and uh i wanted to make sure that those stories could still be told and you can still target like uh leg um to wing the target you can target hand you can target a held item um or you can target the head to try to get double damage after you go through uh the head's stopping power the choice Um, so the combination of these targeting things, um, the critical injury table, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some really cool martial arts abilities. I would even talk about the whole martial arts system in the game. Uh, you can learn 
all these different martial arts. Uh, more are coming. Cool. Eventually. Uh, eventually. Cool. Um, and uh, the, some of those get let you do targeted critical injuries. Um, some of them do targeted critical injuries as a defensive action, which is which is like a defensive thing. Like, wow, you really did not want to grapple me. I know know how to do this. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so I think awesome. crit injuries awesome. is the is the big storyteller of that one time I that players are going to have. Awesome. That's exciting to me. I think that's having that sort of flavor in there is always really fun. Um, so you mentioned obviously there's more stuff coming in the future. Um. Can you give us an idea of what other types of splats um, kind of are in the in the planning process right now? So I can't talk about anything that hasn't been announced. Yep. But here's what's been announced. Um, We've got a splat book coming out. It's Mm -hmm. called Black Chrome. It's going to have all of the toys that you want. um, And it'll have even some toys you don't want, but we'll learn to love. Um, And it's probably going to have some toys you didn't know that you wanted. As happens. Uh, kind of the same thing as two, but slightly different. Um, anyway, uh, that is currently the only um, announced uh, splat. Um, there's also two other books on the Witcher front, yep. uh, Book of Tale, yep. um, and uh, Tome of Chaos. Excellent. Uh, those are going to be also very exciting for the for the Witcher people. Very cool. Um, and uh, I will say, however, after these three books, I highly doubt that we will stop making books. Good. Glad um, to hear it. I I hope not. <laughs> That's your job. You know, I'm certainly planning on writing more. Um, you, you actually, know, this is the last message you hear from me, please. <laughs> it won't be the last message we hear from you because we're going to have you back in a week and a half. Hey, man, uh, <laughs> I am but one fragile mortal coil. Uh, you mentioned The Witcher, though, and I want to touch on that a little bit. Um, how did working on this uh, cyberpunk compare to the work you did on The Witcher? And um, was it a dramatically different feel because there's such different uh, properties? Or was it actually a pretty similar process? So um, The Witcher, uh, both the games share the same like interlock mm-hmm. system. Um, and because of that, there are indeed similarities to designing for both of them. Mechanical similarities, really crunchy, boring answers that I could have right now. Uh, but I think the core of the difference is that they're totally different worlds. Yep, they're totally different stories that people are trying to tell, and uh, that is what changes the. Because at the end of the day, interlock is what you make it. Yep. Um, on the design side, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it gives you lots of freedom. Um. So it's all about interpreting that freedom into player stories that you want people to tell their friends yeah. of uh, like, remember when we fought the lesson? Um, yeah. The villagers thought it was, I don't know, a bunch of angry beavers in the woods. And, uh, and also the work of this angry old man uh, who turned out to be a ghost. 
Um, I as they sometimes do. That is, don't write that. Don't write an adventure with that plot. It's awful. Um, <laughs> something, something like that. I didn't want to like. I, mm. I was afraid I would just go the Book of Tales thing. Uh, I've done that before. Let me tell yes. the story. Oh wait, I'm that's that's something I'm writing. Whoops. Um, yeah, no, that is spoilery. You know, yes, I know that at least somebody in chat is going to play one of those adventures, and I don't want to spoil it. Absolutely. But yeah, it's totally different. They're totally different experiences, mm-hmm. um, like worlds to experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I mean, whole whole different genres, fantasy and science fiction, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, wait, we wait, are at the focus. company that mixes those two. You know which that one is. Um, <laughs> um, touching on The Witcher a little bit more. They're both very dark, though. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They certainly are. You could be going through like an emo phase. Yeah. We we have we have other lines like um, Mechton and yep uh, that are much more lighthearted mm-hmm. uh, teenagers from outer space yep you know we we we're in a like we're in a dark emo year period <laughs> well uh, so obviously with cyberpunk you were um, building on this kind of pre existing game line but with The Witcher it's the novels and the video games um, which are mm-hmm very beloved what was did that feel oh, different yeah. trying to like recreate that as a ttrpg um so i didn't work on the witcher core book okay so my my experience on it has been there's this core book let's support it okay um with uh cyberpunk red i've i've been here since the beginning yep. uh, on that one so uh it's let's build this so that in the future we can support it. So it's kind of interesting for me. It's a personal design challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm at two different places on the timeline, you know, yep. of an edition. Uh, and uh, it's, it's been a very interesting challenge to, I don't know if that's an answer to your question. No, that, that, that that's really, I, I, I feel like I started ruminating on something. <laughs> Apologies. No, actually um, it spawned another question. So comparatively, how is that process different coming into kind of a, a game line midstream versus kicking it off from the get-go. Wholly different. Wholly different. Um, it's the difference between writing a design Bible and mm-hmm. following one. Yeah. Um, they're both of equal merit, by the way. Writing a design oh, yeah. Bible is just as hard as following a design Bible. It's just different tasks. Yeah. Which I guess that's kind of cool for me that I get to have different experiences designing on these two different properties. And what am I saying? It's amazing. <laughs> and every day I wake up ready to go to work, even in 2020. I feel very blessed. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would agree with that. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, it's totally different. And uh, I always need like uh, 30 minutes to switch modes. Yep. Uh, when, especially when we do like. I'm working on some winter stuff in the morning and then the afternoon I switch back to cyberpunk. I almost like to take my lunch break in the middle just to switch. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. Get a, get a little bit of a buffer and a break from. Yeah. Item. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, jumping back over to cyberpunk though. The art for the book is fantastic. I was going through some of it earlier. You can see some, you got some, got some behind you right now. Neil Branchino, everybody. Um, if you're an art director. Hire him. Yeah, absolutely. What um, can you tell us more about how the art itself, like kind of how the pieces were picked? Did you have any hand in 
art direction um, for when it comes to like capturing the things you were trying to do in the mechanics or Jay Kovach is our fantastic art director. Awesome. She is, is by her grace that the book looks so cool. Uh, without her, it would not look as cool. <laughs> like almost at all. Awesome. Um, she is amazing. Uh, and uh, that's her department. Um, and I am sort of, I, I'm sort of on the level where, hey, is this, is this in the system? And I'm like, yeah, also, wow, that looks amazing. Is that a sketch? <laughs> you know, I was like, is that, that the final one? And she's like, no, that's a color blocking. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, no, the, the art is yeah, fantastic. I, if people haven't had a chance to check it out, I recommend going through and looking at some of the stuff that's been released. It's amazing. Oh, there's, there's crazy, crazy, crazy art pieces. Mm-hmm. In it, um, and uh, of course, all of the awesome artists we got to work with. Yeah, they are all amazing. It's so you know, shout out to all of them. You know, Neil is amazing, but everybody's great too. Very cool. That's most of the questions I had. I just want to let people in chat know um, while we're wrapping here a little bit. You can drop any that you might have, uh, and if they're appropriate, I will ask them. What else um, in general are you working on right now? Uh, obviously, you have Cyberpunk uh, and The Witcher, but any other game lines or personal projects? Uh, I mean, I don't stop designing games just because it's the weekend, but I have to say that uh, I am I am heart and soul in those two lines right now. That's my focus. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm... Uh, I don't know. I'm playing around, playing around with other stuff, though, as always. Uh, some random person in chat named Jay Gray, yeah, asked, uh, told me, said I should ask you about Friday Night Firefight. Yeah, um, Friday Night Firefight is a. Uh, did I get texted? Is he texting me? No, he's not. We <laughs> can do that later. Um, that's our social media manager, yep. and. This is this is what he gets for doing this, and he's responsible for the amazing layout of this book. Uh, that oh my god, if you get the PDF, uh, it's totally hyperlinked. Mm-hmm. Um, if you click on like a page XX, go here for more information. It will send you to that page. Instant gratification, amazing. <laughs> the dopamine um, rush. Oh, of course, of course. It's you're in you're on a game table, and you're like boom. Oh, now I don't have to flip through the book and wait. Now I can get back to playing. Awesome. We love to see it. Um, yeah, but uh, Friday Night Firefight is a board game that I'm making uh, for Cyberpunk Red. Cool. Uh, in the in the world Cyberpunk Red during the time of the Red, uh, there were some there are some photos floating around about it from Gen Con. It's uh, it's got uh, it's a card and minis game. Okay. Uh, and okay. Uh, one of my favorite parts is that. It's um, it's like that classic, um, what is it? I don't know if it's a Flash meme or a SpongeBob meme. The Flash, the superhero. Um, you do you want to go? Do you want to hear what the Queen of England is doing? Do you want to see me do it again? Um, it's it's very fast paced, mm. and uh, each time it randomizes to a point. Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, that makes every game different, and every game take fifteen. Max. 
Awesome. Which is cool because then you can play twice. Yeah. That's... It's like light beer. You can drink more. <laughs> nice. Uh, unless there's any more questions that drop in in the next minute, uh, I just want to um, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, this has been very enlightening. I will let people know we haven't formally announced it yet, but you will be back with us on December 5th where we will be doing yes. a one-shot of Cyberpunk Red. Uh, I know I will be playing, and we have some other fantastic cast members. Um, so make sure if you are watching this and want to see more about how this game runs, join us over on Saturday, December 5th at 8 p.m. We'll be sitting down and playing it a little bit. Can you, um, for Just for my own edification, can you tell me a little bit more about the roles in the game? Mm. Um, like all 10? Yeah. Just an overview. <laughs> sure. Um, so we've got um, solos who are our um, combat focused class, mm-hmm. and they're the best at shooting people and stabbing people. Okay. Um, we've got uh, our med techs, uh, which is our, uh, our doctors that are patching up um, people who are more metal than meat, and vice versa. Uh, and they're the people making sure that solos don't always kill someone. Yep. Uh, they patch up a lot of, they get a lot of business uh, from the <laughs> activities of solos. Uh, we have rocker boys uh, who are our um, rebel rockers uh, that are, um, they have a cult of personality around them and they have fans. And uh, they, uh, if you want to role play a celebrity, uh, a minor celebrity who's who's sort of becoming a, a major celebrity over time and have that matter on a game table. Um, it's a very interesting... That's a very interesting role to pick. Nice. We've got techs, uh, which can upgrade anything in the game. They can fix anything easily. And they can even... In, they're even rules for inventing new items. Um, they do. Um, we have Lawman. Uh, and uh, they are a like combat class that can also call on backup uh, mechanically. Okay. Uh, and there are uh, they're the people trying to make sure everything doesn't go to hell further than it already has, um, in what little way they can stop it from going to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, execs, which are our corporates, and uh, they get a bunch of benefits uh, from their role like not having to pay rent. Um, they also uh, get team members and you have to treat your team members positively or they'll leave or betray you. Or uh, uh, there are rules for uh, giving them a stake on your job, giving them a bonus, hmm. um, complimenting them. If you compliment them too much, it doesn't do anything. Uh, okay. So you either have to save it for when you need it or you have to be a little bit you need to be a better manager. That's what I'm saying. Um, what else? What else we got? Um, and now I don't know the ones I didn't, didn't mention. Uh, Netrunners. Uh, there are there are hacker class um, who are um, hacking into all of the different tech, uh, these net architectures that are everywhere, um, shutting down the turrets. Yep. Uh, hacking the, into the mainframe. You know, the like, I'm in. Uh, except they're doing this in AR and they're on the site. Uh, uh, they're they're really just they put the team on their back 
And uh, I, I hope in your party, if anyone plays a Netrunner, they realize what sacrifices you're making for them uh, just to help them out. And they, maybe they give you a little bit more money. Um, well, so we got nomads. Uh, there are um, essentially these merchant caravans mm-hmm. in the time of the red that are getting things from point A to B to stop the general society from collapsing. Okay. Um, because, you know, how do you get food into metropolitan areas? Uh that's uh that's them. Um, I believe that's I think that's all yeah. now we got medias and okay. fixers. Yeah. Those are left. Uh, medias are are news reporters that will do anything to find the truth okay. or will do anything to spin the truth. Uh and their whole ability is that people will actually listen to things they say. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, their their rollability is very, uh, it has an element of like, you can get the rumors to do the job, but at the end of it, you control the narrative. Right, right. You get to give the story a happy ending, which is an incredibly powerful thing to have happen in general in a cyberpunk campaign. Um, a lower level media won't get the full happy ending they may want, but uh, you know, once you're Colin Powell, yeah. uh, you can do Colin Powell things. You know, David Letterman. Uh, there you go. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, fixers are the people that the nomads drop the things off to, so that they can put it to the people who deserve to have it. Uh, and uh, there's not enough for everybody, and fixers are uh, manage that. Nice. And in doing this, they also know people like a media does, but in a different way. You might be talking to the same politician, but the, the fixer is the one that's bribing them. And the media is also bribing them, but is just trying to interview them. Um, Interesting. You get, to, you get to have more criminal contacts and also uh, fit in with other communities. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. That's the uh, that's the ten roles we got. Uh, if I missed any, boy, do I feel dumb. Uh, after the fact, I'm talking to myself. Um, but uh, that's the ones I remember off the top of my head. Awesome. Very cool. I got them all. Medtechs, got techs, execs. But yeah, I got it. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me this evening. It's been a pleasure. It was a pleasure. It Thanks really was. Uh, if people want to learn more about Cyberpunk Red, I just dropped a link, and um, you can also go to dot com and learn more there. Uh, see profiles on everyone who worked on the game and all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me this evening. Um, if people want to know more about some of the other projects you work on, the board games and stuff, where can they find you? Huh? Oh, if, you glitched out for a second. Oh, sorry. If people uh, want, I'm not online. You're not online. You can't find me. Bold choice, and I approve. Don't try. <laughs> it won't end well for you. It won't end. Excellent. Um, you know, uh, he, I, I lurked the Reddit. If you, if you wish to contact me, do so through those channels. <laughs> Just make a post on Reddit. Maybe um, you'll reply. Post in, a, post in a community Discord. I'll see it. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, 
Thank you uh, again. Yeah, no, I like to keep it. I like to keep it a little. Uh, yeah, like to keep it a little streamlined on my own, on my own side. I, that's a bold choice and one that I approve of. LA. Very cool. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me this evening. Thank anyway. you, everyone who tuned in. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up later this week. Thank you for listening to the Gehenna Gaming Podcast. Your attention has been noted. You can find us online at GehennaGaming.com, on Twitter at GehennaGaming, twitch.tv slash GehennaGaming, and patreon.com slash GehennaGaming. <laughs>